Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness Podcast with your host, Lilia G. Ash. In this platform, we know that women go through many phases of their transition with their health and in their wellness journey. Therefore, we're going to bring a variety of topics having to do with Eastern and Western medicine, but also including mind, body, and spirit, adding different healing modalities and different health topics such as nutrition, exercise, GYN health, and much more. So, I'm excited to bring women and healthcare experts at the same time to create a dialogue and conversation to raise your awareness, education, and connect you to services and resources. It's time that we start learning a little bit more about different aspects in our health transitions and in our wellness journey. So let's get started. Listas? Vamos. Un, dos, tres. All right, ladies, before we get started with tonight's episode, I wanted to talk about this little item I happened to pick up while at the grocery store. It's actually called Lily of the Desert, an aloe herbal stomach formula that helps balance stomach acidity naturally as a natural support for digestive health, which is really great for women's health because this actually is going to get to help with improving absorption of nutrients, supports healthy immune system, and enhances antioxidant support and reduces toxic nitrate levels. Ooh, all right, ladies. So if you're having a little bit of problem with your digestive, look up this little formula. Um, you can find it at Sprouts or online. It's called Lily of the Desert. And they're made with all natural ingredients, such as aloe vera and trusted herbs. And so I already took, it's almost like a little shot of you know the stomach formula but you drink it slowly and it goes down very smoothly it's even tasty and it just helps with the flow of your digestive health and so if you're looking into it make sure you tap into that and look online or visit sprouts to see if you can catch a little bottle okay in this week's episode we have a special guest her name is sarita and she started a wellness platform to be able to empower women to make sure that we are able to empower women through their transitions especially if they're having setbacks in life and or or work, or if you own a business, or if you're just kind of stuck. So let's learn a little bit more about Sarita and why she started a platform. Listas, here we go. All right, ladies, welcome back to another podcast episode here through Saludable Latina Women's Health and Wellness. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about emotional wellness with the founder and creator of Sarita Wellness, Sarita Viewer. How are you doing today? Hi, good. Thanks for having me on this show. <laughs> Absolutely. We met actually at the Femex Quarters co-working space. And I remember we had a small chat and I said, I definitely want to interview you because you really focus a lot on the emotional perspective on wellness, on the individual's well-being, right? So for the audience to get to know a little bit about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. I have a very interesting story. I was actually adopted by a single parent from El Salvador and grew up in the Midwest, came to California and just kind of really started discovering myself as a person, as a Latina, and um, got into a couple relationships and have been in a relationship for about uh, seven, some years. So I'm, I'm a, a step-parent for children that are older. And so um, my whole like self-care journey, um, emotional wellness journey has been a really interesting unfoldment. And I feel like this is a really important topic. So that's why I dove into um, to this area because I feel like it's it's been such an integral part of like my existence, especially being a significant other, being a step parent, like having a full time job, like school, like all these different facets of my life. Um, so that's how I mean that's how I got it, kind of got into that. So um, yeah, 
That's amazing because you mentioned like in your journey that I was unfolding. As we know, we're kind of all these caterpillars before we really bloom into a, a full butterfly and we have like our different transition and different phases, right? And one of the things that you really uh, mentioned was focusing on identifying um, your wellness and emotional well-being because you had different facets. Can you describe to us as a woman and as a Latina when you were identifying yourself like, oh, you know, I, I'm embracing my Latinidad a little bit more. How did that feel like for you when you made that transition from um, moving into where you are now? Yeah, so um, my my experience has been unique in the way that, um, but I still also empathize very strongly with my Latina counterparts is that though although I wasn't raised um, by a Latina woman and in a Latino community, I still got a lot of the projections of um, the generational, like being a single, like seeing a single parent, like really grind and work hard and like really give themselves fully to a situation and not really think about themselves. And so when I saw that growing up, I realized as I became an adult, how heartbreaking it was to, to see that and also step into that role myself because we mirror, right? We mirror what we kind of grow up with and what we see. So automatically these, these beliefs just become a part of ourselves without even thinking about it. And so like I dove into that and through, you know, being in a relationship, there was a lot of different hats I'd have to wear from going to work, you know, going to school to being a significant other to like being a parent, a step parent. Um, I, I felt myself really losing like who it was and also too like not really acknowledging or realizing who I was as the person. Um, I think we do get caught up and so often we end up living almost like someone else's life. I was like thinking back, you know, I was like, gosh, like I'm not really living the life for myself. Um, I'm not filling my cup up. I'm not doing the things that I need. So it got to the point, unfortunately, to what I saw with my mother with adrenal overload, like overeating, like all these emotional things that we just, we ignore our, our bodies ourselves as, as women. And like, we are intuitive beings. Like it's really amazing as being a woman, we have this intuition. We have this connection with mother earth. We have this connection with the planetary and the stars that like a lot of us sometimes ignore just because we're so giving, giving, giving. And so I realized um, it actually ended up getting to the point where I had adrenal overload that I ended up being hospitalized because my body had shut down from not only anxiety, but I had major insomnia for like years and that compressed over and over again, got me to the point where I was like, finally one day I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I just cannot keep doing this to myself anymore. And something's got to give. So you were saying the multitude of now losing oneself in the transitions, right? Mm -hmm. um, when did you feel like you were, you had captured that at some moment in your life where you, where you felt like my cup's not being filled and what do I need to do for my cup to be fulfilled? Because that also brings the perspective of emotional well-being. Like how were mm -hmm. you in that time of, of being able to kind of reflect on that mirror a little bit? Yeah. So 
like I was saying, I got to the point, I got to the point where I was like so overloaded with adrenal overload and I was hospitalized and I was like working the nine to five and just really grinding, really being more in like masculine energy and just not really paying attention to like my needs as a woman that that brought to light like an aha moment, like something's got to give. And so it was very little steps here and there. It wasn't an instant transformation like, oh, I need to quit my job. I need to like, you know, take care of number one. It took a long time for me to acknowledge that there were things that needed to, like habits that needed to change in my life, little things. So I started like simply in the evenings taking like a bubble bath like that was my me time that was away from everybody like I just utilized that time to decompress and like de-stress right and then that I discovered like essential oils and like uh, supplements and then kind of more of like the physical things but then I was like you know there's a lot of things inside here in the brain that I was like ah, I was going crazy so I got back into journaling, like I had done that as a child. And then I was like, I'm going to start doing this. So at least I have a way to unload like all the things that I need to unload for the day. So that turned into like doing meditation that turned into like more confidence and the love, self-love. And that turned into me quitting the nine to five that turned into like me discovering, like I wanted to be an empowerment coach and help other women go through these things. Like letting go of the limiting beliefs that, no, I don't have time. No, I'll get to that when I am able to, or that's really not important. I need to take care of this, but no, like the limiting belief is like, you need to make time because to be able to, um, to show up as your best self and for you to give like your best self, you need to fill your cup up first. But I want to, help women not get to the point where I was, where I was like, so like, done with adrenal overload I couldn't even function properly and I love the fact that you're mentioning adrenal overload because I think a lot of times women don't realize um, depending on their work schedule whether you're the nine to five or you're the entrepreneur a lot of times where we we are saying I don't have time for that because I need to take care of this first. And then as soon as I take care of that, then I'll make time for me time or that self-care time. Mm -hmm. And then we won't get there until we get into adrenal fatigue mode where your body is saying, girl, you need to take one step back and take care of yourself. And then we reach to the point where we're adrenal fatigue. And then we should have, we should have, could have, should have taken that self-care ritual bath or that meditation or journaling. So when yeah. you're self-exploring all of these self-modalities that were helping you in your wellness journey, how did you get started with wanting to empower other women? Like I heard a little bit of prevention, like you want to be able to capture the woman before mm -hmm. they get to exhaustion or stress right. or adrenal fatigue. And going back to, you know, my experience with my mother, um, seeing that she got to that point, you know, and I believe she's recovered from that luckily and so like I went to the got to that point and I'm like if I seen that in my close circle of my mom my aunt myself you know some other women that are super close to me then gosh there must be like a lot of other women that are going through this and so um I want to step within the preventative care measure because it is it's a habit. It's a habit that needs to be formulated. And part of my teaching is that 
um, we need to, like, the first step is to acknowledge that, you know, we need to provide ourselves time to be able to have this as our lifestyle. It really is a lifestyle change. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. For me, it was, gosh, I think it was probably around like four to five years until I've been able to maintain something on a regular that I feel good and it fills up my cup. And then I'm able to say, you know, to a significant other or a step parent or a stepson, like, okay, here are my boundaries. Like, I'm going to do this for me. Like, I'm coming into the house and needing to um, have my own space for a few minutes. Like, <laughs> don't bombard me with things. So it's like really recognizing that. So in the um, experience that I've had in developing this routine has given me the confidence to be able to communicate to other people, communicate to myself, to be able to allow or um, guide other women through kind of the same process. And I think what the most important thing is um, for people to understand that people that are listening and people that are um, in my program and, and such is that I teach that when we make this lifestyle transition, it's not, again, something that happens over, over like night and it's a, like a quick fix. It's a lifestyle change and it's an equilibrium that is constantly an ebbing and flowing of what life you know, throws at you really. And so when you're able to have like, because a habit doesn't, I mean, it doesn't become a habit until you're doing it consistently over and over and over again, right? It'd be, I don't know at what point it becomes a habit. I think there's scientific stuff out there saying when things become <laughs> a habit, but um, I mean, if you do it like three plus months, like it becomes more habitual in your routine. Um, but the, the, the thing that I think is really important is that it is constant a equilibrium in regards to your self-care and your emotional wellness. It is something that you have to maintain. You have to have the intention to maintain it constantly. Um, and it's, it's a, a lifelong journey. And sometimes things do change in the way that maybe something doesn't serve you in the way that you were doing before. And then you just got to like, you know, um, twist it a little bit to make it like more applicable to your certain situation. I like that. I like the fact that you stated we need to find an equilibrium um, when it comes to the lifestyle change. And I think it makes a lot of sense when it comes to how a habit gets created, right? You mentioned like mm -hmm. usually, you know, we, I don't know the scientific um, behind the data of like how long does it take to create a habit? It'd probably be a couple of weeks, maybe to a couple of months because mm -hmm. then, we, then we become complacent, right? But I love the fact that you say we have to find an equilibrium in our lifestyle for no matter what comes at us, because I am a big believer that 95% of how we live life is how we react to life. Mm -hmm. And in that reaction comes triggers and stressors and everything else. But like you said, if we find that equilibrium, then we're not responding at a high frequency of stress, of emotional, like distress, of, you know, I can control the situation, but we can control the situation we're in, like how we're feeling, right? So your, mm -hmm. your focus is a lot on self-care and emotional well-being as well as mental. Why is that crucial for equilibrium to sustain in the lifestyle as we're, as we're adapting into new transitions? Yeah, we, um, I, I really believe that our ability, I mean, as women, we're, we're so empowered in the way that we're able to easily um, 
go from wearing one hat to another. And we, we're like, we're mothers, we're significant others, we're, you know, um, children, we're like employees, like we have a lot of different facets of our life. And so I never have really liked the word balance. That's why I utilize the word equilibrium, because I feel like balance is kind of, balance is not really what we're all looking for. It's more alignment that we're looking for within kind of each facet of our life, if it's compartmentalized or if it's all intertwined, whatever it is in your lifestyle. Um, but it's, uh, it's like that ability to kind of negotiate your space, whatever that looks like that you're in at the moment. And I think I've learned that through just all the different things that life has thrown at me by being a Latina raised by a white woman to like looking a certain way and people kind of identify me as a certain way. And then, you know, being a step parent, being, having been a employee, like having to kind of okay, I'm jumping into this role now. I'm ready for what that is providing for me, but I've done the work. I'm, I did my morning routine. Um, I'm feeling good. Like I filled my cup up and then, you know, being able to get the, you know, be able to say the boundaries. I'm huge in boundaries, like being able to communicate boundaries. Um, but it is this like really amazing ability that we have to, negotiate kind of like what it is that's going on in our in that particular situation and taking that and that might not apply to the other situation but just being able to do that but that comes from being able to um, fill your cup up and have that confidence to be able to um, to take on whatever life uh, throws at you I like that. I like that your fact that you're mentioning um, being able to negotiate even with oneself. I think we have a hard time negotiating even with ourselves. Like sometimes we'll say like, I can do that. I can do that. Right. Like I might have 10 tasks and I'm going to do it. But at some point we have to negotiate. Is that realistic for me to achieve? Mm -hmm. Maybe perhaps in less than 24 hours, those 10 items that I have on my list. So then we need to learn to negotiate and learning boundaries of to what is, um, not over exhausting ourselves in our work or like you said when we're wearing different hats as a mom as a daughter as a worker as a creator you know like because there is like a cap to everything i want to say at some point there is a cap and we don't want to over exhaust those those areas in our lives so we don't feel like we're being depleted like you said you're mentioning uh, and embracing that that full cup like we need to have that full cup because without that full cup then we're kind of depriving ourselves from being able to have that good, you know, equilibrium in those transitions of our wellness journey, especially our emotional well-being. And let's tap into the emotional well-being because I'm going to throw in COVID-19. COVID <laughs> in the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw a big transition with not just the physical health of individuals and community, but also the emotional and mental health well-being. We actually saw a skyrocket of mental diagnosis and or symptoms being on the rise because for one, we're not used to being isolated. We're social butterflies at times. And two, we're not really good with regulations at some times when it comes to like, mm -hmm. you don't tell me what to do. But, and the matter of fact is during a pandemic, we just never know Re restrictions and regulations go in place. But we also noticed that it kind of affects our, our social and emotional well-being. So in this time of COVID-19, how did you navigate your well-being 
and or you mentioned you have clients that you actually um, provide um, the self-awareness for, how are you able to, to guide that um, for yourself and for your clients? Yeah, I, I fully agree that we are, even, <laughs> even the most introverted people <laughs> that I know um, had a hard time with COVID because it was like, oh gosh, I love staying at home, but geez, this is like, you know, overkill. Um, so yes, we are, I was very much encouraging myself and other people that I was working with to make the connections like this, exactly. Like being able to, um, you know, connect with people via zoom, via FaceTime, whatever it may be and get creative. That was the thing with us human beings is that we really got creative during COVID when it came to, um, making the connections with other people. And I do want to say um, one of the other, one of the other reasons I feel that a lot of people, there was a rise in um, mental health is that, which you didn't mention, but I think was really important is that because back to this adrenal um, overload and, and just doing all the things that we do in our life, so many people we're utilizing that almost as an excuse to ignore the real like kind of dissected emotional um, items that they weren't, they were kind of putting on the back burner. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like maybe I like need to talk with my significant other about like our children. And I just haven't gotten to that or, or like, I need to talk to my significant other about this little problem that we're having in our like marriage or whatnot. Or maybe like I'm not very close with my mother and um, like I just haven't really addressed that. So it's like these things that um, I believe we were so busy that we were forced to slow down and really like get into our feels pretty much that um, people started to realize, oh my gosh, these are, um, this is like a really, this is really big thing. So I think that could have been part of the spike, which I saw within my clients. So that was one of the things that I was saying, like, this is the opportunity I was saying with that. And I, for myself, coaching myself through this, through the pandemic as well was I reversed it as like, Oh my gosh, this is like such a burden. I have to stay at home. Like, like I can't go anywhere. I thought, you know what, this is a huge opportunity that I have to be able to create something unique, um, be able to create something new in my life. And that's why you saw like a spike of people baking and making music and like starting new hobbies and really get into like things that they kept connecting with their children. Um, It was really amazing just to see in my community and social media and the people that I, I was coaching, like, utilizing just changing that mindset um from it being a burden um and something that like i was forced to go into to an opportunity of really getting like connected with people really being creative like doing happy hour like you know via zoom and and just and just a little like note with uh my my friends like we've had a consistent every thursday zoom call since the pandemic hit and like whereas before you know all of us have kids and families and all this stuff um we'd always be like oh let's when are we going to schedule and it'd be like two three four months out and like how are we going to be able to see each other like this is perfect we get to see each other every thursday and connect 
And it's because of the pandemic. It's, it's, it's because we've had that opportunity to um, get closer. Yeah. And I really love the fact that you actually um, identify as saying we really had the time to slow down and really address things that were happening um, in our surroundings or environment, whether it was at home or outside of home or in relationships or with, you know, friends or coworkers, addressing the real needs that we've been kind of avoiding for a while. Because, you know, for for some people, they kind of tend to like, well, I'm too busy and and I'm going to stay busy because then I don't have to address whatever really is going on. So it really took um, a lot of people back into that place saying, there's no more busyness. We have to be able to address it now. And like you said, working through um, being able to have that self-conscious awareness, but also seeing how you were going to navigate. Now, I know one of the things you really focused on was on your business, Sarita Wellness. And the wellness was actually something that you mentioned you were discovering for yourself and you're saying, I can provide a platform for others. Why was that important for you to actually, to actually create Sarita Wellness? I'm so much in a part uh, like about empowering women i mean i've uh, been i've gone to like women empowerment events since i was like in high school and i'm like this is such it's just who i am as a person i feel so good when i'm in a room with other empowered women or sharing stories or or lifting each other up especially um women of uh, color communities like and I thought, what what better way than to share um, something that's so needed in our community, not even, like, definitely with Latinas, but also with all women of color. And mm-hmm. how, I've, how I've spun it is that this is, it's really important for us to not only fill our cup up, but the fact that we've gotten so creative as, women as women of color that we've been able to basically create like our own individual health care system like within our lives within our communities by sharing stories with each other of like how I fill my cup up and it is still I mean it's becoming a lot more I don't like using the word normalized, but it's the only word I can yeah. kind of think of, but more normalized discussion. It's not a taboo. Mm-hmm. When we were young, when we were kids um, with our parents, no matter, you know, what ethnicity, like it wasn't talked about, like emotional wellness, self-care, filling our cup up, like, you know, it was mental health. It just was not spoken about. And so it's just become more of a dialogue, a normalized dialogue, a conversation that you can have um, as adults now and passing it on to the next generation. And it's okay to not be okay. Like um, it's, that's very important for us to recognize and that um, we are now having these conversations to kind of get away from that taboo subject. Um, And having those conversations, sharing our stories, sharing, you know, I've gone through this, this issue, I've gone through this, I've had this problem, this is how I've like been able to recover. This is how these are things that help me all these sharings and all these things. So I'm like, it really empowers us as women and women of color. 
And it's really been created because of us. Like that's the most cool, that's the most like a really amazing thing is that we've been able to create this for ourselves. Yeah, I actually love that you emphasize um, as women of color, you know, that we have actually created our own healthcare services. If they're not being implemented, perhaps in a clinical setting or hospital right. setting or in, a, you know, like in a regular office, we are the women creating the services because we're seeing a need where we can emphasize it a little bit more in the preventative measure, but also bringing in a little bit of, you know, like Eastern and holistic and Western and combining all three, you know, and I always tell women like there there's, we have the best of both worlds really, but it's going to take some navigation and having said navigation, we're navigating our own mental and emotional well-being too, because I had time to reflect during COVID-19, just like you, Sarita. And I was like, I was very busy, but I also realized I was still subsiding some of the feelings that um, from experiences that I have been through. And mm -hmm. it took me time to say, okay, now I have the time to, to kind of sit down and address those little moments. And for some of us, or for some individuals, we really can't do that for ourselves. So we need a facilitator, someone to guide us. And that's what you do, right? You facilitate mm -hmm. and guide and coach through this, through this area to make sure that the individual can feel supported. And can you give us an example of how you actually guide? Like, say if I was a new client coming to you, like what would be the first initial thing that a client has to look forward to you? Yeah. So um, when we do like initial evaluation, of course, I like to get to know the person, what their, their structure is, their home structure, um, kind of what that looks like. And then my main, a big intake question that I uh, ask for people, I said, how many hours a week do you spend with yourself through, if it's self-care, personal development, me time, like what does that look like for you right now? And um, many times it's like one hour less a week. And so that's when I say this is an opportunity to be able to um, acknowledge that this is something that um, thank you for admitting like that is yeah. something that needs to be improved. And then it's really diving inwards to find out like what, and it's not just, see, and this is the thing, it's not like a quick, easy, like, let's start doing meditation. Let's start doing this. Like, it's not really that's wonderful. And that's kind of the end result. That's the equilibrium I'm talking about. And so first of all, it's acknowledging that these things are, they are kind of limiting beliefs, like, okay, well, where do those limiting beliefs come from? Like, for me, I asked the question, okay, what, how come I got into adrenal overload? How come? Okay, I saw that mirrored with my mother, I saw her hustle grind, constantly being a single parent, like that's what I saw. That's what I emulated. Like that's, that's why it happened the way for me. So I kind of do the thing, same thing with my client as I help them unpack these, um, these questions, like how did I come to believe this? What truths do I hold? What do I hold to be true in regards to these things in my life? And um, the relationship I have with myself, the relationship I have with other people. So it's really like, it's a, a big unpacking process, right? So then that way we can utilize the things that they say to look at them to say, okay, does this serve me anymore to keep this limiting belief? Or is this limiting belief? Um, I mean, if it's a limiting belief, obviously we need to dismiss it. But if it's a belief that is 
is there that can be um, helpful, then we'll, we'll keep it. If not, we will utilize a way to like, you know, to, to toss it, to cut the cord. And then, um, and then it allows, so it's kind of like, as I explained it in my coaching, it's kind of like a garden, right? Yeah. Very simple. Like you have a garden full of like weeds and things. It's just basically taking those weeds out, looking at it, saying, well, that doesn't serve me, toss it. And so it's late. The foundation is more clear and open for new seeds to be planted. So that's kind of the reconstruction, the revolution, like the revolutionary thinking, the reconstruction of um, that. Um, putting into place like things like healthy boundaries and meditation work or journaling or whatever it would look like for that particular person that would be beneficial for them. Um, starting things that are more around filling their cup up. And then, you know, the hardest part, I mean, people think like the hardest part is unpacking it and getting all the yuck out and stuff. And that is the hard part. But the hard part is the discipline and, and the intention of keeping that lifestyle maintaining that lifestyle and i'm definitely one a a product of that where i'm like i believe me tried i feel like everything under the sun with like doing this okay i'm gonna have this acupuncture section a session and then you know i'm gonna go home and have a great night's sleep and my life is gonna be healed yay i'll be like wonderful and then it's like oh shoot like i'm starting to feel anxiety okay like what can i do so it's it's a constant it's a constant, um, it's constant work, but the thing is the intention behind it is to really like love yourself and to put yourself first. Mm, that's strong right there. Just, <laughs> just by you saying like, and, and let me just remind our listeners that even when we practice self-care, even for a day, it's like Sarita said, it's constant practice. Um, I think a lot of individuals, and I could say maybe a lot of people outside looking in think like, oh, she does everything on time and everything is perfect. And that is not the case. The case is that it <laughs> takes practice for us to, to have a lifestyle of self-care, a constant reminder that we have to remind ourselves individually, but to also to others to make sure that we're squeezing in that time. And like Sarita said, she went for an acupuncture and he, she was going to have a good night's sleep. And all of a sudden that anxiety is just kicking out of nowhere. Like, what are we going to do for that self-care, for that anxiety, not to be so extreme? Because, um, you know, I have, in, you know, certain um, individuals that really try to make a lifestyle change. And I tell them, this is not going to happen in 24 hours. Just like with the, a doctor's visit, the doctor's not going to cure you in 24 hours. They're not going to say, hey, you know, here's this medication that's it. That's all you got to do. I tell people, this is a constant practice, consistency to maintain a lifestyle with a loving grace, mm -hmm. self-care, most of all, right? Putting yourself first. Why is it so important to put ourselves first? Why is it so important? You know, I've been that person um, that shows up every day that's so drained that is walking around like a zombie that has um, anxiety attacks that feel like heart attacks and not being able to sleep and just being a grouch and being biting people's heads off and I'm I'm just it's you realize like it that's not me that is not that is not who I am as a person. I'm so much more than just this person that's lacking of energy and, and vitality. I'm like, I'm so much more 
more than this and more worthy than this. So if anything, it's not, I mean, I say it's like to bet, put your best foot forward and to show up for other people, but it is for your own like self-worth. I mean, it's for your own self-love. That's why I say intention behind it is so important. The intention is to really love on yourself and to have that good relationship with yourself that it's exciting. Like you want it to be to the point where you're super excited to do your self-care routine and that it's such like such a part of who you are that it's like, you don't like for me, my morning routine, it just is such habit that I'm like, Oh, I'm like halfway through my (laughs) morning routine. And I like, it's not that it's like mundane, but I'm just like this, I get to do this every single day. It's exciting. So by not doing it, like that's, that's what's, that's why it's so important because the opposite end of the spectrum is so, I mean, it's, we know that stress is like a number one cause for so many illnesses. Mm -hmm. And so why, why do you want to get to that point? And like, when you do get to that point, it's like, it's heartbreaking. Like I look back at the woman that I was through text messages and WhatsApp and I'm like, my heart goes out to her, even though it was me. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't even, I don't even recognize that woman. Like, wow, that I'm, that I've come this far and that I've been able every day is my opportunity to do that for myself. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, in our journeys, like you said, you had time to reflect and sometimes we can even capture the evidence base of our growth, right? Especially when it comes to self-care and self-love is seeing where we were before. And I think a lot of women can have this common ground where we're always reflecting on our emotions and seeing, was that the best of me, you know, or was I in an empty cup and not filling out my cup? Because in, in some relationships and some roles for some women, we do tend to get a little lost. I mean, I know at some point I felt like I was a little lost. And then eventually I said, no, I need to take care of me. Like I actually learned to do a absolute no list to watch mm. out for my, for my needs first, because I noticed that then in my in my giving and giving and giving that I, I wasn't filling my cup because there also comes a time in a place when a woman goes through um, an uneventful experience that that giving doesn't come back to her. Mm-hmm. And that self-conscious awareness all of a sudden goes, no, I need to put myself first because yeah. I need to take care of my well-being. And I love the fact that you work with women for their emotional wellness, but, but for their self-care, because I'm a big self-care person too. Like Sundays are my like, okay, Sundays are my self-care. Like my mornings are my mornings, you know, like nothing else but my (laughs) (laughs) self-care. And I think that's so important because at times, like you said, we're so busy that sometimes we're not taking the time to consciously be aware of that time that's so necessary. And so with Sarita Wellness Platform that you have created, that focuses on your emotional and mental well-being and coaching and guiding and facilitating individuals, what does one have to look forward to in your platform? Like, for example, we're in the month of December and we're right around New Year's and everybody's saying, I'm going to let go of this and change this and do this and that and that. And you mentioned one word, consistency. What do you offer in your wellness platform for individuals to be self-aware if they can't do it all? Like, 
what does your wellness platform offer people in order to be able to have that confidence in them that they can actually achieve any type of those steps, whatever hurdle they may be in in their wellness journey? What do we have to look forward to in your wellness platform? Yeah, um, we have, so I have something um, coming up that's really exciting that's actually starting in January called Manifestacion Movement. Ooh, and manifestacion. It's actually, yes, and <laughs> Manifestacion, I love, love, love that word. So I do um, a talk show every Monday called Manifestacion Monday where I interview actually Latinas and their transformational stories. But the reason I love that word Manifestacion is, which is perfect for going into a new year, 2021, is that Manifestacion is a statement, a um, a becoming, like it has many different meanings. So like not just manifestation, but it's like a statement, a declaration. And so within like a self-care journey, you're basically declaring to yourself, like this is something that is important to me. So therefore it's going to be manifested in my life. Like, right. So we, I mean, we obviously co-create as human beings and with universal energy and whatnot, but it's like, we need to do our human footsteps as well. And so the, um, the, it's a group coaching program that I'm going to be guiding um, women through, um, but it's, it's basically kind of the steps that I kind of shared with you with the acknowledgement and the unpacking and basically reconstructing and then the equilibrium part. So it's, um, it's a great way to commence the new year by declaring to yourself um, that I, I matter. My life, my, my needs, my wants, my um, well-being, my energy, my, my physical body, like my emotional state, that matters. And I'm declaring this as something that I'm going to go forward and concentrate on and focus on because the intention is that I love myself and I want to put myself first. So therefore I can be the best person that I can be. That sounds truly like, girl, can we do a live and just say, I declare. <laughs> declare yes. We yes. Need to know those. I declare. I love that word. It has so many different meanings, like English manifestation. You know, you don't get that feeling, manifestation. But manifestacion in Spanish, I love it. I'm like, there's so many things. It's such a revolutionary, like, you know, I got, you know, we got like it. It's like, yeah, great word. And um, yeah, it's it's perfect for the commencement of the new year. Like, I'm I'm declaring, I'm making this statement out into the universe that I am worthy. I am going to put myself first. Um, and I matter and I'm, um, filling my cup up. That's amazing. And can we find that on your website, the manifestacion for yes, manifestacion. 20? Yes. I'm taking applications right now. Manifestacion movement. Um, it's also on my Instagram, so you can go there. Um, and we kick off at the end of uh, January, 2021. So I'm super excited. Like I said, it's group coaching for um, Latinas and um, it's, it's transformational. It's, it's very transformational. <laughs> and what else do we have to look forward to? Now you mentioned you do the manifestacion uh, kicking off at the end of January for 2021. So for all your listeners, you better jump on that because 2021, we were already feeling like we need to 
we need to declare actually we need to declare yes. a lot of things <laughs> but what else do we have to look forward to on on your wellness platform and services yeah so i do um every monday i do an instagram live um called manifestacion mondays so um Anybody that's actually interested, um, who's Latina, who wants to share their transformational story, I'm super open. It's very organic. I just ask you to share a story, a transformational story, whatever that is, and I just kind of reflect on it. And I'm all about highlighting, um, you know, women's stories. And the other thing, it's kind of in the works right now because I feel like as part of a healing journey, um, the emotional wellness state, like I've been feeling the call to um, create something around the spirituality around money and like cash flow and manifesting like abundance because I feel like because that is a part of the coaching that I have completed with some of my clients that it is a hmm, it is a like a barrier and um I think that's something that I might kind of dabble in in 2021. So we'll see. But I think that's a really kind of cool concept. Um, I think that intertwining self-care and finances might be um, something kind of unique that I can bring, you know, to study film yeah. wellness. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I think that's really important that you're dabbing in, uh, into that because I know at least for some of us in our upbringing where we're always like, money wasn't always like a first priority um and yeah. or how to learn to handle money or invest in money um yes. because we know that money is materialistically but we also know that money has a big impact on how we view our wellness you know exactly. um, so i think if we come from a not a lack of mentality in money but kind of like I mean, I guess I'm going blank right now, but if we come from a very um, different perspective of like how to handle money, then we're also mm -hmm. coming from a, a same perspective with our health, right? you know, because mm -hmm. it kind of correlates somehow. I just don't know how. So I think that's where you're going to tie it in, study that you're going to be that's like, that's how I'm going to tie it in somehow. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just right here in the brain. I haven't even really, the fact that I am on your show declaring it is good. <laughs> <laughs> Declare, girl. Declaring it that I am, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be created next year sometime, somehow. So yeah. I'm, Manifest I'm it, girl. Manifestacion. Manif there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really important that we're able to have those two things kind of tie in together because that really does help an individual, um, break their own stigma when it comes to, um, manifestacion with el dinero, money, and in our health, you know, I think that's a really important perspective. There's a lot of times what I see sometimes is some individuals don't go to the doctors or don't go to the appointments or don't do a certain self-care practice because they'll say, well, I just don't have the money for that, mm -hmm. right? And so if we're able to manifest ways of, you know, like you said, thinking differently about money and manifesting money, then we're able to make cushion for the things that we can put in priority, like our health and our self-care, and us, me, as I'm head first, you know, like, what do I need for myself? Exactly. And sometimes what we need is, is a coach like Sarita to guide us oh, and facilitate okay. us because she's doing the deep work, you guys. It's not just like, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to do this. Like she's, like she said, she's actually, you mentioned a word earlier, deconstructing and constructing. Deconstructing. Mm -hmm. 
and also that addressing and deconstructing. Yes, that that sense of sequence right there. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. oh, was, you're really helping people really dive into certain like phases of their lives, and then being able to guide them to saying, hey, okay, how can we'll work? We'll work together, but we're going to facilitate and guide you to to seeing the comfort of your levelness too, right? Which is really mm-hmm. important. Like, I'm I'm sure as a as a wellness coach and for women, um, making sure you also know their boundaries too. That's super important, right? Yeah. 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 And so we all have boundaries. So I'm really excited for everything that has in the works for Sarita Wellness. Like you said, you, you have your manifestation Mondays, right? So is that mm-hmm. a live on Instagram or Facebook or is that just a, an IGTV? Uh, yes. So it is live every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on ig live yes i go live um it's like 20 minutes long it's not very long at all and that's manifestacion mondays and then the group coaching the transformational group coaching manifestacion movement um is for latinas and that commences next month january 2021 so lots of things to look forward to Mm -hmm. on on the social media platforms and if someone has a question in regards to your coaching services and or any services that you're actually creating where can one find you on the website and social media platforms if you yeah of course thanks um so my website is uh www.saritawellness and then my instagram handle is at sarita wellness and right there um, you can go ahead and DM me or you can send an email to info at Sarita Wellness to um, find out more. We can connect. And I do offer a um, totally free, no obligation empowerment call, which Ooh. is uh, 30 minutes. So if anybody desires to just um, have a connection or talk, um, need an empowerment session, I offer that on my website. And again, that's like 30 minutes long. And um, that's a great way to connect with me as well and, and do this, like talk. Um, yeah, like we're, we're doing right now, kind of in yes. a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really amazing. I'm really looking forward to everything that you are creating and sharing mm-hmm. and sharing and creating because what you're doing is you're addressing not just like the um, the emotional um, perspective of a woman's mental well-being and mm-hmm. emotional well-being but you're tapping into that energetic field which I really love because you mentioned like those are some of the influences that you were kind of on your journey too right can you give us a little bit about like what were some of the influences that kind of helped you in your journey when you were doing a lot of self-care practice yeah I had uh, quite a few influences so <clears throat> I'm very blessed to be in communities where I have <clears throat> friends that are using healing modalities um, so I was connected with people that do Reiki healing. Uh, my best friend introduced me to essential oils. Um, I ended up becoming like paleo. I would say, gosh, it would be kind of more like plant-based. I, do, I don't do any like dairy or things like that. So it's like these things that I've chosen to do as part of my lifestyle. Um, but they've been influences with people that I've known, been able to um, learn a little bit about crystals and healings and like nail charts and just really it's if you look um and do within your network of friends of people that you know you'd be surprised to see how many people in your specific network 
that can either refer you to somebody that's um, knowledgeable about something or has connections to um, healing modalities like massage, like all the above, like tap into your networks. I think that's probably the best advice I can give you for um, people that are listening that you never know like who is close by to you that actually has like the connection. And through that, it's kind of trial and error and seeing what works and really encompassing things to what works best for you and just kind of keeping, um, keeping abreast with, um, you know, what, what works for you as well. Really amazing advice. Um, Sarita, what would you tell someone if they have said, well, I've tried this and that, and, and I feel like I have given up. What would you tell an individual that feels like maybe they kind of already lost a little bit of hope along the way? Um, what would be your advice to them, especially in this transition that we're in right now? Yeah. Um, so the question I ask is, um, what would be the result for you if you didn't, you know, do that? What would that, what would your life look like if you didn't have it at all? Um, what would be the cost? Not like monetary cost, but what would be the cost to you by not um, investing in yourself in that way, time, money, whatever that looks like, what would be the cost, you know? And people respond to that like, oh my gosh, wow, you know, I didn't really think about it like that. It's um, like the cost would be severe. Like I would, um, you know, I might have a heart attack or I might, you know, something crazy. Yeah. Like I might uh, just very extreme examples of like what the cost would be by not taking care of yourself. Like, yeah, I mean, thank goodness for me, like the extent that I got was adrenal overload, but hospitalization, but thank goodness, like I didn't have something worse, like hypertension, like, you know, these things where I had to start taking like, you know, medication of some sorts, like, um, so like not allowing yourself to get to that point. So the question you can ask yourself is like, what would the cost be? if I wasn't to do this for me, like, what would that look like? What would my life look like? What, what would my relationships look like? What would my relationships with my children or my significant other, or like my work or like all these things, like, what would that look like? Damn girl, you're really putting me into perspective. Like just <laughs> like that question itself. I'm thinking like, what would it cost Lily? Like, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, some yeah. of the moments I've, I've experienced, like what, what would be the cost for me? Like if I didn't take care of myself the way I should be taking care of myself. Yeah. And I think that really brings up a lot of like um, truth to it, right? Like mm -hmm. where we're at in our journey and what needs to change to make adjustments here and there to, mm -hmm. to constantly just kind of practice that self-care and so you heard it from Sarita, you know, she's coming up with a lot of new things for 2021. So if you are in need of someone that you need guidance um, to be able to facilitate you in a journey when it comes to self-care and emotional well-being, we have a facilitator, Sarita, a wellness coach, mm -hmm. who's actually in the works of making sure that she's able to guide women and support them, you know, because obviously we know this is not going to be easy work, but you have someone who understands and that's going to help you navigate those questions that sometimes we just don't ask ourselves, mm -hmm. which I think is extremely important. And so if you want to look up more of Sarita's um, upcoming projects, make sure you follow her on Instagram. She is on there. I'll make sure to link her Instagram and her website 
on the podcast episode, but I really want you to connect and ask yourself, do you need that 30 minute talk with Sarita? Now is the time. Yes. Now is the time, especially since we're still a little bit in, you know, regulations where we still have to work remotely for some people and are trying to figure out things at home. This is a perfect time for you to connect with Sarita. She can actually hold space for you and create, you know, some services for you that can be going at your own pace and rhythm to make sure that you can take care of yourself emotionally but also in a loving way. Sarita, any last words of advice for our listeners? Sure. Um, You are so worth it. Like worthy to receive, worthy to, you know, take care of number one, worthy to um, fill your cup up, worthy for the time to set aside for yourself, to invest in yourself. You are so, so, so worthy. Wow. I declare that. Yes, declare it. (laughs) Thank you so much. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, make sure to tune in with Sarita. And we hope that you're able to enjoy in the next couple of days how you want to see yourself declare and manifest what you want for 2021. And once again, connect with Sarita because she has it all in the works. Thank you so much, Sarita. Thank you for having me.